Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, friends? It's another scorching Saturday with endless possibilities. And by that, of course, I mean you only want to go outside if you're getting in the water, playing sports, or watching your kids play sports. And the latter is exactly what we'll be talking about today. BYU football's passing coordinator and wide receivers coach Fessy Satake joins me to discuss the difference between coaching college football versus his son's little league team. But first, let's bring on someone who knows a thing or two about coaching youth sports, Spencer Linton. What's up, Spence? Hey, Lauren, I'm really working on my patience uh, with the youth sports, (laughs) that's for sure. Good gravy. I can only imagine. All right. But first off, the always relevant BYU football, I have to ask, you had a big part in BYU football's media day on Thursday. What would you say impressed you or stood out to you the most from everything that was said? I think, and this is probably going to seem obvious, but I really appreciated the effort that has gone into the built for life program that was just initiated by BYU football, essentially to stay ahead of the curve in this moving target of name image likeness and how athletes are going to be paid for their own names images and likenesses BYU is doing a really smart thing by getting out ahead of this setting up a network of internships of places that athletes can hook up with either while they're an athlete to make money or after their college it's not just about making money as a student athlete it's about helping them develop skills so that they can make it in business once the sports end how to manage money, how to do all of that stuff. So I just was really impressed with uh, the effort that went into that from BYU football, from former Governor Gary Herbert, among others, uh, the Salt Lake Chambers involved. It's a really cool program that is not just going to be for BYU football players. It's eventually going to spread to every athlete across the entire athletic department at BYU, and I think that is fantastic. I think that is, I, I agree with you. That was such a cool thing. And I know the goal, obviously, for all these players is to make it to the NFL. But even if that is becomes a reality, which is a small percentage, I think it's going to help them so much, like you said, to manage their money. And it's given them a leg up because it is a business. The, the NFL is a business. So I, I love what they're doing. I think it's fantastic. And you guys did a great job on BOU TV. If, if you guys haven't seen it, go back and watch Media Day. It was awesome. Go ahead. I appreciate the plug. You betcha. Anytime. All right. More importantly, you're currently coaching your 10 year old, almost 10 year old son. Good gravy. Jax's baseball team. What's it like getting to coach him, Spence? That's surreal. Uh, Well, I I know I said in jest that I'm working on my patience, but that's probably not as in jest as you might think. (laughs) But I mean, when you're dealing with kids that are learning how to throw from a mound and they're in third and fourth grade, which by the way, was an earlier start that what I had, I didn't, we were working with pitching machines all the way up until I was in fifth grade. And so Mm. they're starting kids younger and younger with that skill development. Um, And just to get a, to find a kid that can throw a ball somewhere close to the plate consistently at this young of an age is a real feat. (laughs) And um, sometimes it can be a challenge and frustrating for him, but I've enjoyed spending time with, uh, my nine-year-old Jax, he said he's almost 10. Um, and just, but it's not so much at the games, it's watching it click for him and him kind of get the baseball bug outside of the actual games where he wants to practice. He wants to work right. on his pitching. He work, wants to work on his batting and he wants to do so sometimes late into the night. And I get a kick out of that. So it's, he's, he's turning, he's turning a corner that way 
in wanting to be better and understanding that it, it's more than just showing up for the games and the mandatory once a week practice that your team's set up. So I've, yeah, I've really enjoyed that, that time with him and, and seeing him succeed and watching him get his first strikeout in the game and <laughs> celebrate with two hands in the air, you know, I, just these things are, are moments that will stay with you forever. So while it is definitely a trial of patience and you got to kind of just bite your tongue sometimes. It's worth it when you get those moments. That's got to be a dream for you as a dad, a dad who loves sports and is an athlete himself. On the other hand, uh, my friend actually just sent me a video of her daughter playing soccer. So she's a huge, big athlete, a huge sports fan, wants her kids to play sports. Her daughter was <laughs> playing goalie and doing spin, just spinning around in circles. And she's yelling at her like, hey, the ball's coming, pay attention. <laughs> And as soon it was, it cracked me up. As soon as she, her daughter heard her yelling at her, she turned and looked at her mom and that's right when they kicked the goal. <laughs> I, I just like, I cannot wait for this. It is. It, she just was so frustrated, but that's what it's all about. And they're obviously they're learning, but listen, so we all know professional and college sports and, and sometimes even high school, not sometimes definitely high school can get really intense. The fans, the coaches and the players, but there's something about youth sports, little kids sports that can honestly bring out the worst in people. So let's talk about why that is, Spencer. Why do you think people get so crazy during their kids' sports games? Well, I think there is naturally just something directly tied to the happiness and success of your child that you feel so innately as a parent. You raise them, you're with them through ups and downs, all of their tears and smiles. I mean, at least for me as a parent, I feel in a weird way, every emotion and almost sicknesses that my kids feel. And I've had to kind of check myself a couple of times, nothing like I was mad enough to yell at an umpire or a referee, but just kind of be frustrated because you want to see your kids succeed so badly. And especially when they're treated unfairly or there's an unfair call and you, you just feel like something that should be a happy moment is ripped away from them. And, uh, so I can understand it, but still, you have to keep the big picture alive that it's sometimes six-year-old soccer or eight, nine-year-old baseball. It, it just, it's going to be okay. And, and I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, I wasn't coaching, but I was definitely watching my oldest son, Jacks play his baseball game. And there was a close play at first base and the runner was called safe and our coach he's sick because that's what coaches do. Like he signaled, Oh, he's safe. So he's, he's giving his opinion on the call down the first baseline and the umpire, he's a 14 year old kid probably relied on the coach and his call because he's 90 feet away. So calls him safe. And then the parent of the kid that made the throw thought, Oh, that was a great defensive play by my kid. He, he, he should be rewarded with that great defensive play. And he absolutely lost his mind. I mean, ran from the opposite side behind his team's dugout over to our coach and, and said, you make that umpire change the call right now. He's like, oh, you know, don't cheat. I don't want you, I don't want you to cheat. You're cheating. And it's uh -huh. embarrassing. I mean, he just went on this tirade. And so he's saying that he's embarrassed for my coach. My coach says, no, I'm telling you, like I was right here at the plate, like, if he was out, I would be the first to admit he's out. I'm not trying to like cheat myself into winning this eight, nine-year-old baseball game. The guy, 
went out onto the dugout, got right in his face. It was like an umpire and a manager in a major league baseball, just one guy spewing forth profanities and anger at the other. And they had to escort the guy out of the ballpark. No, I could no. not believe it. They had to bring down the city supervisor and manager, and they had to bring in some cops and escort this guy out of the ballpark because he was mad that his kid who made a throw over to first base wasn't rewarded with the out. And no, oh, by the way, everybody saw it. The runner was safe. So it was all for naught. And oh. I just thought, why, why, why? Um, but it, I mean, it was a good lesson. I was like, okay, I'll never do that. That's for sure. And can't be that the, guy. The funny thing is, yeah, funny thing is, my Jacks, my eight-year-old said, why was that guy so mad? And I explained it to him and he's like, well, it's okay. Sometimes people just make mistakes and get calls wrong, right? <laughs> I was oh, like, buddy. Yes, that, that's exactly right. You are, oh, sadly enough, smarter than most of the adults in the stands right now. Uh, <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. Meanwhile, all those little kids and especially his son is probably like, Oh, stop dad please stop and that's yeah. that's definitely what you have to remember and that parents forget about I, I was at my nephew's game and this mom's son got subbed out for a, a pinch runner <laughs> and she was so mad that she she walks out onto the field to like go get her son and to talk to the coach like in the middle of the game it just is bonkers I think it seems so much bigger because in professional and college sports Obviously, people are psycho, but there are so many more of them. So you can't hear them as much. And it's just, I don't know, there's, it's just like that gang mentality where these little kid sports, you could just hear and see everything that the, yes. the parents do. It's insane. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And when you get to the professional leagues and even the collegiate leagues, almost, you know, high level uh, varsity sports in high school, there's this understanding and, and there should be that the best players typically are going to play and that's how yes. it is. And, but in little league recreation, it's like, every, you're trying to make everybody have a fair amount of playing time and everybody have a good experience. And you're trying to appease to all these parents who think that their kid is the best or the sweetest or the most capable. <laughs> and when you clearly can see something, at least in my case this year, I can tell within a practice, maybe two, okay, these are the kids that have some natural abilities and these are the kids that don't have very much ability in baseball, but their <laughs> parents all kind of group them together because they're so young. So it's like, well, I don't care if that kid, you think that kid's better. My kid needs an equal opportunity because if you gave him the right. equal opportunity, he would be that good. Um, <laughs> it's so, it's just, that, that is the biggest challenge of coaching little league sports is not so much working with the kids, but working with their parents. Oh, I know. Oh, I couldn't do it. And here's the thing. I have that in my blood. I have, I could be that mom. I really could. I, I'm already that I'm already the mom where at playgrounds, my son's two, my oldest son. And if someone even like brushes next to him, you know, like going up the stairs to go to the slide, I'm like, Hey kid, you know, this kid's only two years old. What are you doing? And I even have to take a, take a step back there. I'm like, Okay, my kids too, but that kid's only like four. So <laughs> what are you doing? You are psycho. And my mom was that mom. And it was great. Like when we got older, we knew she always had our back. But yes, as a kid, you're a little bit like, 
oh my goodness, please do not do that. So what I'm saying is I, it's, you know, it's, you do, you have to be aware of yourself and be like, don't be that guy, even though you feel it so deeply when you feel yes. like your, your, your son or daughter is being wrong, but you just can't do it. So you've been around the insane college football and basketball fans from all around the country when you've traveled, Spence. How do the fans at Jax's Little League games compare <laughs> to those fans? Thankfully, they're a little more mild. And I think most people are aware that it's much quieter at a Little League baseball game. So if you say something, everybody's going to hear it. When right. there's volume and it's crazy at collegiate games, people kind of get lost in the moment and they can yell whatever they want because as you alluded to earlier, when, when people yell things and there are that many people around, like you can say whatever you want and nobody's really going to hear it. Um, right. But that said during timeouts and some things I've been called a lot of things and I'm not even playing the game. I just carry the BYU TV microphone flag and you wouldn't believe <laughs> the things that are said to me because I'm the guy that's carrying the mic flag. Uh, notably coastal Carolina in beautiful Conway, South Carolina. Uh, I thought that I might not get out of there alive. So I, I was happy to get out of there and play in one piece based on the things that they were yelling at me, not the players, not the coaches, the Crazy. guys that's just reporting on BYU TV, uh, but for being affiliated <laughs> with the enemy, uh, apparently I deserve to be thrown off of a cliff and drowned in the depths of the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, and they have a point, Spence. They have a point. <laughs> no, it, it is crazy. We just get so crazy as fans. Even watching the Jazz games, it almost – I mentioned this, this in a previous show, but you do, feel, you do feel almost like parent-like towards some of the players when they, you know, they get fouled. Like Donovan Mitchell gets fouled, and you're like, how dare you not call that? And you just take things so – Personally, it's just bonkers. Sports brings out the best and the worst in people. I, I was an umpire in my teens, and I was scared to death of the parents. Yes. Just scared yes. to death. I remember so walking out. You have to feel was, that way. It is sad. Like you said, that kid was 14 uh, umpiring your, your son's game. I remember walking out into the sands after the games and trying so hard to avoid eye contact <laughs> at all costs with the parents because I'm like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do to me? But I gained, I gained a new respect for umpires and referees, and yet – I still to this day run my mouth to them when I'm playing sports. <laughs> That's a whole nother story, but, but it's seriously one of my biggest weaknesses, but, but honestly, parents, parents are bonkers. So where do you fall in the crazy parent parent area on a scale from one to 10 Spence? Uh, I'm probably a two. I'm pretty mild. Um, and that, that's probably because I work in and around sports so much and I have mm -hmm. so many experiences to draw from that it allows me to learn from others and what they've done and things they've said. And again, in my mind say, don't be that person. So I try really hard <laughs> to, to scale it back. And I, I'm probably a two. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, is probably a five or a six. <laughs> I'm with, I'm with Brittany for sure. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Well, you're, you're so laid back. I can't, I can't see you going crazy. And our next guest actually agrees a lot with you. Coming up, BYU football coach Bessie Satake tells me why T-ball coaches should get a special place in heaven. So don't go anywhere. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. 
We've been talking about some of the biggest differences between fans of professional or college sports versus kids teams. And now to further the important discussion, let's bring on BYU football's passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach, and a father of three, Fessy Satake. Thanks so much for joining me, Fessy. Of course, Lauren. Great to be with you. Great to have you. It's good hearing your voice. Uh, You tweeted out a while ago that you were coaching your son's baseball team, and obviously there are many, but what are some of the biggest differences between coaching a college team and coaching a little league team? Well, coaching a little league team uh, requires a lot more uh, patience and perseverance (laughs) because there is a much steeper learning curve there. Um, but it's so cool. It's a, it's a great reminder, though, about how innocent and full of life, um, mm. you know, the youth of this world is and kids and a reminder of how important it is to have um, an impact um, in the lives of these kids at this age. And so whereas, you know, in college, it's the same thing, but these guys are talented. You know, the decisions you're making are, are based off of who's performing, you know, the best as opposed to really, really good Whereas kids, you're like just teaching them what their left foot is and what their right foot is. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I, I love that. That's got to be a test of your patience, though. Like you said, going from the college game where these guys are just extremely talented, they worked hard to get there, to these <laughs> little kids are learning their left and right. Is that a big try of your patience? It is, but it's so fun to see. Like, it's, I'm doing it because it's my. It's an excuse for me to be around my son more, and and I enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, being around my kids and watching him learn and grow. And but then you get to interact with all these other kids, and you realize, man, there's there's so many out there that are just like, like your own. And even though everyone kind of has different circumstances, they're all just navigating their way through life. And sports has been such a a critical tool in many kids' lives on on learning these life lessons. And so I'm just trying to be a little of help as I can to just just help these guys find their way through uh, this crazy thing we called life. Oh, that's a good dad right there. For me, being around other kids, I'm like, I'm really grateful for my own kids. (laughs) Not that the other little kids aren't fantastic. They're really great, but it makes you more grateful for your own kids and, and their little quirks. So on this show, we talk mostly about the fan experience and everything that comes along with it. Fans are a special breed of people, but fans of Little League games, a.k.a. parents, are on a whole different level. So what has your experience been like with the fans at the Little League games? Have there been any fights or anything like that? Yeah, uh, last year, and then um, there was a there was a fight that almost broke out, um, and then this year there's it's been more banter. But I sit back and I'm in awe at uh, 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 I don't know just the thought process of uh, of some of the fans in in the little league uh, uh, world. So I, I it's just something I scratch my head at. And I'm like, okay, just stay quiet and remember these are kids. Isn't that isn't that crazy? I mean, you're you seem like just a calm, laid back guy, so you're you're not going to be that parent. But I I think I'm going to have to fight that when my boys are that old. I'm going to have to fight being that crazy mom that's like yelling at the umpire and stuff because it is it's insane, don't you think? Like it is these are just little kids. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. Like when when in college and professional sports, fans get really emotional about things, but they're invested at a different level whether it's with money whether it's just lifelong fandom the emotion that you get a lot of times out of these out of the little league teams is selfishness it's ego it's it's not about the kids now it's about it's about the parent or it's about whatever the the ump uh if it's baseball like and you just sit there and and 
the the thing that makes you really mad about it um, or frustrated is that the kids are seeing it all. And that's what's right. w- what can get really frustrated because no matter where you're at, competition is going to bring out the emotion in everyone. And you can be in a business meeting room and things can be said that are regretful and or in our world of college sports or professional sports. But when it happens in that setting where there's little kids involved who are navigating their way through life, like I said, that leaves a lasting impact sometimes that are just, you know, that, that these kids sometimes shouldn't have to see. And so it's another reason I'm, I'm glad to be in, involved in it. Even though I don't like to see it, it's it's a teaching moment. You know, you can tell these kids that and teach them that, you know what, <clears throat> this isn't supposed to happen and this is why. And you educate them through that, through that process. And I, I hope that happens and keeps happening more because I don't think the, the wild fans and parents and all that is going to escape youth sports, unfortunately. But we have to counter it with how we educate these kids. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's that's an amazing, amazing perspective. And I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you because it's putting things in perspective for myself to really not be not be that guy, you know. So I, I know you, though, are a fan of a lot of different sports and teams. What sport or team brings out the crazy fan side of you the most? Um, for sure, the Jazz. Um, Do we want to go there? Nope, because I'm going to turn into one of those parents at Little League games. <laughs> Um, but I, I know no one knows uh, more than th- those bodies inside that building. And that's kind of how we feel when, when we're having our, our slumps here, um, you know, whatever sports we're in. But, um, yeah, the Jazz bring out the best in me. Um, my kids' teams bring out the best in me. Um, I would say uh, I love high school sports, like the high school football championships. There's really no team. I just love as it gets into the playoffs and – the mm-hmm. excitement there that's that's super fun because i love that that whole community feel there um i love mixed martial arts i love watching um boxing and and the ufc um some of those high profile fights those those bring out the best in me too with my fandom and then um mm-hmm. colts the colts are my team so uh indianapolis hey. colts yeah so they'll they'll bring out that fandom as well so those are those are a couple things off the top I love that. You also mentioned your other kid is playing t-ball and that there's a special place in heaven for t-ball coaches, which I totally agree with. How competitive do you get watching t-ball games when it comes to your own child? Zero competitiveness in that. It's it's <laughs> it's all head scratching. So, for example, you have in t-ball, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but what I've seen is they hit the ball, they, they have a kid wear a helmet, he hits off the tee. And then it's a it's just a mosh pit to the ball. There's like ten kids flying to pick up the ball. They should be the ones wearing the helmet. Um, <laughs> instead, it's the guy hitting the bat. And then you don't get out. Um, everyone gets a hit. You get to go through the whole lineup. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? That's okay. There's I'm sure there's lessons being learned because I sit there and wonder what is the point of this right now. But there's there's a lesson <laughs> in we, everything. What are we doing here? <laughs> running running the bases the wrong way. It's it is it's, it's something to behold. It's the same as soccer, man. Watching little kids soccer is just it's awful. It is awful. And you just pray that they're learning they're learning something from it. Um, I'm sure there's what what's it like watching your own kids? So you talk about your ten year old kid. Him getting just getting a hit and doing well, you know, versus these college players who you have so much investment in and you love them almost, almost like your own kids probably at times. But what's that like when it's your your own kid that's having success? There's nothing like it. I I 
it's one of the most gratifying things of coaching college football, for example, is seeing a kid, you know, that you, you love and care for and recruited, you've recruited and to see him all of all these victories. And, and it's such a gratifying feeling, but nothing compares to, to your own kid. And yesterday, my son's in a tournament right now, baseball tournament, um, 10 years old. And he's been in the biggest hitting slump. He started off the season just on fire, was just one of the more reliable hitters. And then he's gone like four games just striking out. And he, and he just – he's so hard on himself. And so yesterday um, we make a comeback. He, he, uh, he gets on base. He gets the third. And then his buddy sends him home for the game-winning run. And, like, to see the joy on his face of, like – of. Uh, <laughs> Man, I was able to just fight through. I don't know. It was the most rewarding thing, and I, I get emotional about it because I'm like, man, that's 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 what it's all about. Not so much the win, but just it's it's not that. That's just a byproduct. But it's seeing your kid fight through something that's just hard, and and I'm just mm-hmm. grateful to be there along the ride and try and help navigate him through uh, some of those those emotions that are hard but necessary, you know, in life. Yes, absolutely. So cool. And I, I'm sure you were almost, almost as proud as, as a dad when Dax Millen was drafted. You have played such a big role in his story. What was that like for you to watch his journey this past year? Oh, it was, it was special um, to see where he came from, to see everything he's gone through, all the odds he's defied, the the, the trials, the adversity that's, um, you know, that struck him and his family and the different ones and just to see him persevere and push through everything and, and then accomplish what's been such a big goal of his. I know, you know, in his mind, he's, he's, there's more he wants to do, but all these milestones that he accomplished these last three years um, due to his hard work and sacrifice between him and his family, is, those, those are the reasons you coach and those are the things that, that keep you motivated and hungry to, to stay in this profession for the right reasons. You know, it's about relationships and people and, and just grateful Dax has mm-hmm. been able to be a piece of that, that puzzle, you know, in my coaching career. It's been so much fun to just be along with him in that journey, along with a bunch of the other players. It's just been an incredible past year. Fessy, you are incredible. I'm so excited for this next season. You you kind of have you have a new role, uh, which is the passing game coordinator. How has your your job title shifted a little in the off season? Um, it, it hasn't really, to be honest. I mean, there's that title there, but it's kind of just how we've been operating because A Rod's A Rod's always been so inclusive. Like when he was the passing game coordinator. He and I are we're always on this pretty much the same wavelength, and we we bounce ideas off each other. And I can I feel so comfortable just going to Aaron saying, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And we talk, and he, you know he's got no ego, um, and we've got a great relationship. You know he coached; he was my coach in college, my freshman year. He recruited me, and so hmm. to see that evolve to a relationship now where we're coaching together, there's just this built-in trust um, and chemistry that we have, and I'm. I'm it's always been humbling to see how uh, inclusive and open he's been to me. Well, there's definitely something special happening at BYU. Fessies, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. You're the best. Appreciate you. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Fessy Satake and Spencer Linton for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.